Welcome back to Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. Joining me is Olivia. Yep. I didn't know. Oh, we, man, we suck at this. Well, my uh, camera froze, so I think our oh. audio is still going. So there we go. New platforms and technical back. issues, but we are moving forward. This is our first episode of 2024. Thank you for listening to it. Thank you for listening last year and uh, sticking with us. We are going to be doing something very different this year. We're going to be pursuing a different format. We're really excited for it. So we're going to kick off this year with one episode dedicated to everything that we really enjoyed in 2023. Um, my top 10 movies, Walter's top two movies <laughs> uh, that he saw, the two sole releases he saw in 2023, not including Cocaine, yep. Bo- Cocaine Bear and um, Boar. Olivia's top 10 as well. So. Yeah, I guess that's four. So no, I said boar, cocaine boar. Oh, cocaine. It sounded boar. like you were saying cocaine. Yeah. Boar. Oh yeah, are you excited for the sequel, Walter? <laughs> cocaine boar. Is I don't I I can't I really hope you're kidding right now. What if what if Elizabeth Banks made a movie about the um the guy who tweeted in Arkansas and said real question how do I defend my farm if fifteen fo- no <laughs> fifty feral hogs yeah fifty feral hogs start attacking <laughs> yeah. No, it's like 15 to 45, 15 to 40. It's like a really specific range. Yeah, That's what it was. I, yeah. I would love if she made a movie about that. True flyover uh, country. It would be, yeah, that would be true. And that's deep Arkansas lore too. Here we go. Uh, legit question for rural Americans. Also, this was a guy replying to a Jason Isbell tweet. Yeah, about that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, Jason Isbell <laughs> appeared in Killers of the Flower Moon this year. Oh, okay. So anyway, not Jason Isbell responded to Jason Isbell and said, legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an all-timer tweet. That's 2019. I cannot believe it's been that long. I was talking to my mother-in-law about this about a year and a half ago. That's amazing. So So funny. Oh, my God. Off mic, right before we started, we flipped a coin to see who would go first, and it landed on me. Um... It's going to go like this. We're going to go back and forth between Olivia and I. Walter's going to chime in and make fun of our entries and uh, specifically me, I feel like, mostly. Um, My number 10 is The Iron Claw. Nice. Olivia, you have not seen The Iron Claw yet, right? I have not. I really want to see it. My, My Mexican grandmother was super into wrestling and believed that it was real, you could not tell her that it was fake. And so she actually loved that the the family that the Iron Claw is about. And so my mom and I really want to go see it, but we haven't had a chance to go yet. Yep. This is the true story of the Von Erich family, um, kind of at the dawn of professional wrestling in 1960s or 1970s and 80s Texas, um, set in Dallas and Denton, um, Sportatorium was the big wrestling stadium that was featured in the movie. And this is just, this is a really great movie. This is an amazing ensemble cast. Holt McCallany, um, or McCallany plays the kind of abusive dad who is also negligent and kind of pits these brothers against them. Um, the, the true story is actually sadder in real life. And I'm not going to like go into detail uh, because I, all of my top 10, I would definitely recommend that, uh, the ones that you haven't seen, Olivia, I know you want to get to Iron Claw. Probably not some other stuff on my list, uh, but Walter, I think you would really like the Iron Claw. Um, really sad, kind of a gut punch, but I saw it with my brothers. This is a movie about brothers, and, and you know, 
the impact that their father has on them. And I saw it with my father too. And so there was not a nary a dry eye in the theater. So that was, um, that was a great experience, even though it was really sad right at the end. And Zach Efron, a gets jacked and is just gives one of the best performances this year. And it really made me excited for the future of his career. So yeah, the iron claw. Didn't, didn't Jeremy Allen white also get jacked for the role? Yes. Not, not quite as, but he is, he's really, really filled out in this movie too. And it's funny because if you watch season two of the bear, you can tell that, Oh, he's looking a lot bigger than season one. And it was around <laughs> the same time that they had yeah, to have been filming yeah. the yeah. Iron claw. So it's a funny yes. movie. I love the interactions between the characters. Harris Dickinson plays one of the brothers as well. And there's a great scene. I sent Olivia um, on <laughs> yeah, Instagram really where funny. Zac Efron is just like, he's the brother that is the biggest and arguably the most handsome, but he's not the best one kind of shooting crap uh, at other players as part of the performance. Like he's saying, I got something special, something, something real nice for the home hometown folks tonight when at the and he's just like stumbling over his words and his brother's making fun of him it's really funny so highly recommend all right nice all right well my number 10 is uh wait now i'm looking at my list and i feel like I only are you have switching time. around in real time <laughs> no i i'm looking at my list and i guess i didn't actually add a number 10 i added only nine that can't be right one two three four five six oh I sent me had i thought i did too Oh, it did. Okay, it did, it did, it did. I, okay, my goodness. Uh, my number 10 is Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which was, is obviously based on the popular game. I was going to say board game. I guess in a way it's a board game. Tabletop. Tabletop, Tabletop game. game. Thank you, Walter. Um, here's Here's why I included this. So this movie, I think it takes what is a really popular like storyline that that one can play and makes it a movie what i loved about this was that it wasn't necessarily like the greatest movie i saw this year but i think it was a really good and i mean this in the best possible way really good middle of the road movie where it wasn't like ugh, every single joke is super forced and super cheesy and this kind of sucks that's just like ah oh, this this is not fun to or really enjoyable but it wasn't this we're trying to be more than what we are type of thing and yeah. i think it really knew what kind of movie it was trying to be and and it was it was just funny. Hugh Grant is good, is great in it. Um, Chris Pine. Chris Pine needs to be a leading man more often, I think. I think he mm, is agreed. so underrated as an actor. He is really funny and charming in this. And there's some some surprise actors that show up in this movie that I, I remember watching in real time going, oh my gosh, I didn't know this person was going to show up. And <laughs> so it's just a lot of fun. It's, um, I think it's something that, that, you probably both would really at least get a cackle out of. I don't know how much you guys would like it. I watched but I think half you guys would of both... it. On yeah. The plane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons why I included it in my list was that it was just like a good middle of the road movie, and it felt like a good comedy that wasn't like super raunchy or over the top. It wasn't. Again, it it knew what it was, and I really appreciated that, and it felt like. Kind of like something that would have come out in like 2008. Those kind of comedies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's 
Olivia, everything you said about this movie is exactly what I've heard about it too. I haven't seen it, which is yeah. crazy because I actually I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for years. Love the tabletop game. Um, I've also the subtitle is made for Walter Lyle. Isn't that? That's, I mean, that's it's kind of weird crazy. that you haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Chris Pine for doing that for me. I <laughs> I've also been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate three, which is a it's a D and D video game. Um, so I'm a big fan of the IP and of just the whole D and D experience. Um, and I, yes, I I would like to watch this movie this year, and I'm, I, it it makes me feel better to know that it's on your list. Olivia, yeah. what you said about it being kind of like a middle of the road movie is really great, and it's a great point that I want to highlight because. There, those kinds of movies would typically go to Netflix or streaming, Mm -hmm. straight to streaming. And so we, on this podcast, we're a big advocate for those sorts of movies going to theaters where it's a great time. It's not a five-star movie, but it should, it is made for movies or Mm -hmm. movie theaters and experiencing it there with a lot of people and hearing the laughs and the cheers and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to see it at the theater with a group of people and we all had a good time. It seemed like the theater audience had a really good time. Walter, can you look up how much this movie made? Mm-hmm. Please. It was Thank v- you, it sir. was a successful movie this year. Was yeah. okay. I I wasn't sure if it was because it seemed like it was one of those movies that had it come again. Had it come out in like two thousand eight, it would have done really well. But I don't know how well it did this year. But it it was it was a lot of fun. Two hundred eight point two million. Okay. Yeah. Like a nice. modest modest hit. Yeah. I'd say. And it was the uh, the game night guys, right? Yeah, it was it was same yeah, same guys who it, yeah. who wrote and directed Game Night, which Isaac and I both love. Walter, have you seen Game Night? I have not. Isaac's told me a lot about okay. it. Okay, I've seen okay. a couple of scenes just like on on Twitter or something. But it, it, yeah, I've heard you, it's great. You know the scene. Uh, oh no, he died. Oh no, he <laughs> yeah, died. That's, that's the it's like that the I'm funniest seeing. part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So it's the same guys. So if you really like Game Night. I highly suggest watching Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun. So yep. that's my number 10. All right. Great. My number nine is May, December. Olivia, did you see May, December? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. The Okay. So I, I forgot to say this with the iron claw. My number 10, nine and eight are all movies that I think would uh, severely distress you, <laughs> Olivia. Like I still, and, and out of those three, out of those three, I would, I think I would recommend the most iron claw, uh, to sure. both of you. Um, I kind of acknowledge it may December and my number eight that I will get to is a lot more of my taste, but I do think the iron claw is, uh, would be everyone's taste here. Um, all parties may December is, a uh it's based on the true story of mary Kay letourneau um she had a relationship with a sixth grader named vili fuala uh i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly um so he was sixth grader she had a relationship with him and they stayed together so and it's been the subject of a lot of controversy this was like years ago um this is a todd haynes movie this movie play the first time it plays like a thriller and i i just jess and i agreed that to me this is a perfect movie every frame is just immaculate and beautiful but it's also completely thrilling um you it plays like a mystery like a thriller um natalie portman plays an actor who is hired uh to they're gonna make an indie movie about um julian moore plays gracie and uh charles melton plays uh her husband whose name in the movie is uh and yes that is charles melton of riverdale 
Yep. Um, he's he's a great. He actor. plays Joe, and he's he is phenomenal in this. this is probably my favorite uh, supporting uh, performance of the year. This movie is. I was just I was just flabbergasted by how much I enjoyed it. Um, Natalie Natalie Portman is really good. Julianne Moore is phenomenal. She's playing this character with a little bit of a lisp, and it's re it's really funny. It's really like powerful and sad. It is like you will hit every high uh, that you can on a like a, a roller coaster. Uh, like the roller coaster of emotions that a movie can be. This movie hits, and mm-hmm. the ending is so funny like at like i just died laughing and jess and i were just had a wonderful time watching this movie it is awesome may december what else has todd haynes directed he directed um i want to say men women and children and i don't think that that's correct he did like carol and dark waters um and i'm not there uh, that famous movie about bob dylan he's he's a very good like kind of naturalistic artistic director very focused on people um and so this sort of thing where like he he really studies like societal obsessions and that kind of thing um and yeah just highly recommend this movie it's really really good but also kind of like upsetting (laughs) like just just a little bit just a little bit yeah okay all right all right uh sorry for clearing my throat in the mic uh, my number nine, I'm so sorry. My number nine is, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, which is based on the Judy Bloom novel. Um, it, it's a coming of age. So right, right up my alley. It is star. It stars Rachel McAdams, Kathy Bates, Benny Safdie, and it is written and directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, who also did, uh, 17 um edge of 17 i almost said 17 again i just have zach efron on my mind so hey yeah don't we all i mean don't we all yeah i was about to say that (laughs) (laughs) anyway so it is about um this girl named margaret who is i believe she's about to go into the sixth grade and her family moves from new york city to new jersey and her mom was raised protestant her dad was raised jewish and they don't talk to her parent, her maternal grandparents, um, because they basically cut off communication with her mom, with her mom, who's played by Rachel McAdams, um, because she married a Jewish man, and they, she's just trying to navigate being, you know, an, a twelve-year-old girl and and moving and uh, trying to figure all that out. And it's it's really sweet. Rachel McAdams is wonderful in it. She gives a really great monologue um, that I think probably wouldn't hit hit like middle school girls in the same way. But I think as an adult and seeing my friends become parents and some of my friends who have kids that are a little bit older that are closer in age to Margaret, seeing them trying to navigate how do we parent without making the same mistakes our parents did and how do we be honest with our kids without necessarily um, taking away their childhood earlier than necessary? And hmm. you could really feel, I mean, the performance Rachel McAdams gives is just spectacular. And I don't think it'll be really 
included when it comes to like I know we're kind of on the cusp of awards award season right now and I don't think it will be included but in in my mind it should be because she's just so great in it and so wonderful and so um that is my number nine do you prefer Benny Softy in Oppenheimer or are you there God it's me (laughs) Margaret Uh, probably probably are you there God uh, just because he's not having to to use this weird accent in in it, he's just talking in his normal normal voice. So unless um, someone builds a bigger condom, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, you like transplant that. They're like, no, no, no right. you're not an Oppenheimer anymore. He's yeah. like, sorry, you lost me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's real method. So um, yeah. Anyway, so that's my number nine. None of this, all of this is like, we're on opposite uh, ends of the sc- my screen. I don't know if it's the same way for y'all, but all of this, Walter is just like completely unchanged. Like he has no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm any checked of out this. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer, or, um, yeah, I, I, I've, that's, that's a, one of the big ones from your list that I need to catch. And uh, I'm really excited to, I'm going to try to watch it with Jess because I think she would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, and also, I mean, what grades does Jess teach? Uh, eighth and seventh. Okay. So it's so it's yeah, right around it's like that that age. Right grade. around that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might help her, or not not that she needs the help, but it might give her some kind of like new insight. Um, yeah, I've heard all good things. Uh, that was Are You There? God was a kind of kind of the opposite of um, from what I understand, kind of the opposite of Dungeons of Dragons. Uh, because it did release in theaters, but it didn't do quite the same business. Yeah. Um, but it's it has been critically loved, and people mm-hmm. love that book. And this this is a very tender adaptation, from what I've heard. So yeah. yeah. Well, and it's cool because like Judy Bloom is, she was writing about stuff that no one was talking about right. at that time, yep. and even now is still almost controversial. I mean, I don't know how many times her books have been banned. Um, right. Because they're, they're talking about periods and, um, sex and that kind of thing that girls don't talk about. And so it is really Mm -hmm. cool to see her, probably her most well-known book or one of her most well-known books be turned into a movie. And I think it's, it's probably one of the best adapted movies I've seen because I read the book before the 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 movie came out and in reading the book I was like this is not this was it was so childish and it's meant yeah. to be it's meant to be read by like 12 year olds not 28 sure. year olds but um so much of the book is like just kind of what's happening in her head but I think it, it translated to the screen really well and I don't typically like when movies or books are adapted onto uh the big screen because i feel like they are rarely the way i want them to be and that's my own thing that's not necessarily like a knock on screenwriters and directors who who make film adaptations of of books that's just my own like this is how i had it in my head and it's not the same way and so um so that's something i have to get over but i thought it was really well adapted Got to shout out Abby Ryder Fortson. She's uh, she plays Cassie Lang in the first two Ant Man movies. Mm-hmm. The cutest little girl, uh, kind of grown up and becoming a like a proper actor. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She and she's so um, good. Yeah, my number eight is Bo is Afraid. This is uh, Ari Aster's third film. 
starring Joaquin Phoenix as uh, a man named Bo. And it kind of, it's like a psychedelic horror nightmare dreamscape through all, um, all periods of his life. At one point he's an old man. At one point he is, a uh, having flashbacks as a young boy when he had his first kiss. Um, and then there's just wild, like some of the wildest things I've seen in this movie, both, um, in terms of like a, like a plot and things occurring within a plot, but then also the way that Ari Aster is moving the camera and staging the apartment where we specifically, where we start with Bo is, and he's just kind of a, trapped by his, by anxiety and OCD and uh, different things. It is, it is just like both hilarious and horrifying Um and it this I I think this movie would legitimately upset Olivia, so I'd like don't necessarily recommend it unless you like, and and you aren't like an Aster head anyway, so um, no. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you would make it. I don't. <laughs> through Bo I, is afraid. Yeah, I so this was probably his first movie that I was like I can I actually kind of want to see this just to see like how weird it is. And you, and you may, I think you may appreciate it. There's no, there's no, there's like some imagery later on in the movie that is, mm-hmm. that even me, I was like, what the hell? And then, yeah. um, but, but I think that, I think that you would appreciate it. I would definitely recommend this one before Midsommar or um, Hereditary. Sure. But I, I, I like all the, it, it's basically just like an indictment of how parents affect their children. And it's okay. like, it is like a therapist, either nightmare or like, like haven for you know for (laughs) for movie watching so i could really see it going either way for you yeah well and so yeah i midsommar messed me up like it was Uh so so weird and crazy and just what a freaking trip i also watched it in the pandemic and that may have not been the wisest decision but i think (laughs) i watched that and then um the lighthouse during the pandemic and those were not good choices to watch oh, during the pandemic yeah but i i don't know if i'll ever get around to watching hereditary just because it just seems so much but also like i think that ari aster's movies are often a commentary on how maybe hereditary and and Bo is afraid are, are more so maybe not midsommar but are yeah, a commentary like, on very how family yeah how family affects yep. you it, one could argue that midsummer is about a found family yep so, so true so true so true um anyway. the 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 movie culminates with like this it's it's funny because the protagonist uh joaquin phoenix is better here than he is in joker i think this is like uh because this movie was so strange um it's not going to get rec- recognized by uh, at the Oscars or anything like that. And it, I don't think it did very good business, but people love it and, yeah. or hate it. Like it's kind of one, one of those t- sort of movies and it really, really worked for me. Um, but the, there's just some like Parker Posey shows up toward the what? end. I didn't know as that his, as his grown up love interest. Wow. And I kind of, I kind of want to spoil it, but I'm not, I'm not going okay. to just in All case right. that gets you to watch it, Olivia. But Speaking. I was crying, laughing at this scene that, that happens with her and then how the movie ends. So okay. that's all. I'll, I'll all leave right. it at that. But I was afraid. Speaking of Parker Posey real quick. Did you see that she's going to be in the third season of the white Lotus? Did I, I sent you that. I'm white Lotus. Excited. Yeah. 
Yeah. She's and uh, she's Jason Isaac. Perfect. Yes. She. They're both going to be perfect for that. I can't wait for season three. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. My turn for number eight. What's your number eight? My number eight is Godzilla minus one, which Woo-hoo. we w- Isaac and I got to go see together when I was in town, um, and so it was a lot of fun to go see that movie with with Isaac. It was the first time we'd gone to see a movie together since Pig. Many many moons. Yep. So yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to go, and I this movie was really cool to me because. I had heard about it, didn't really know anything else other than it was a Godzilla, a Japanese Godzilla movie, but it genuinely was just so enthralling from beginning to end, and it was, I don't even know what else to say about it. It was just amazing, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's a cool monster movie. Um, it There's a, it's really kind of got everything, I think. It's It's got a monster, it's got a uh, commentary on World War II, it's got a love interest uh come like you got to grow up it, it's it's got everything found that you ever want found family um yep. friendship forgiveness sea chases uh um, yeah boats. what is it is it carbon is it carbon what's the um chemical that they use to sink it's a very ingenious way of hey this is actually actually how we beat Kong yeah. or uh, not Kong I don't uh, remember Godzilla. what it was um it's I don't um what it was. Basically, the ploy, Walter, is they they get some boats, they tow some tanks around him. Dang it! What is this? What is what are the tanks filled with? It's not carbon dioxide. It's um, it's a chemical that makes the surrounding area like heavier, and so they basically sink him, and that's how they win. You just spoiled the whole movie for Walter and everyone. For yeah. well, or Godzilla's did never he? gone. Or did he? Don't don't. Or did not. This was a lot of fun seeing it with you, Olivia. This is number twenty-one on my list for the year. It was. Nice. It was this was a really really awesome movie. Um, yeah, this is this is a great great movie. I was recommending was, this to everybody I yeah. talked to. Yeah, yeah. My right. number seven. Uh, or was there anything else you want to say? No, no, about that's all you. All right, Godzilla minus one. Seven? Also, great title. Yeah, great title. Minus so one. Good. Don't know why, but it's great. It's like, oh, okay. And it's it made a ton game. of money. It like, I don't think it was number one at the box office, but it it was it was a successful hit, and they was... actually expanded its stay in theaters because yeah. of how well it did. Wasn't it the the best foreign film in um like in U.S.? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good call. All right. What's your number seven? Number seven is Oppenheimer. Um, nice. Only movie I saw twice in theaters. Uh, first time I saw it with my brother-in-law, and uh, he was kind of having trouble sleeping at the time, and he fell asleep for part of it, and um, <laughs> kind of... Here's the thing. You're, it's similar to what we were talking about with seeing... Um, like, if I had hated Godzilla minus one, it probably would have impacted how you thought about it olivia because i've had experiences like that with yeah uh actually my enthusiasm for cocaine bear was not dampered by walter's uh (laughs) wet blanket aurora aura but um (laughs) but i've had movies like i saw the favorite with jess um several years ago and she hated it and i also hated it it. well okay and and so like i i we'll talk about this later in, in bonus stuff with yorgos but um 
I don't think that movie is as bad as what I initially thought it was because of because I saw it with Jess and Jess had the same effect on me when we saw Booksmart because she really didn't like Booksmart and mm-hmm. I think Booksmart is like a eight out of ten like really really great movie mm-hmm. um, so anyway Oppenheimer I saw this um, I d- I think this is a I think this is a perfect movie we talked about a lot on our episodes so I don't want to reiterate all that I think this is Nolan's best film this um, I'm predicting this is going to sweep at the Oscars this was my best gimmick uh, on any episode we did in the history of this show uh pacing myself with sunscreen and wearing sunglasses the whole time i really committed and it was fun um barbie was the most successful movie of this year but this movie doing as well as it did making eventually a billion dollars not grossing as much as barbie but the fact that this is a three-hour biopic part of it's in black and white um making being as popular like emerging into the popular culture as it did is like a just a huge surprise and sensation, a huge win for Nolan and universal. Um, so yeah, Oppenheimer, Olivia, what's your uh, number seven? My number seven is bottoms. So yeah. Yeah. will All the, right. will the untalented gays please, <laughs> please report to the principal's office. <laughs> that must be you guys. That must um, be you guys. Okay, so Isaac and I both loved this film. It is a comedy about two lesbians who are trying to... um, Basically, they're just trying to hook up before they graduate high school, and they kind of end up starting almost like a female fight club. And I don't even know how to describe where it goes from there. This is my number two. Okay. So it was okay if we tag team. Yeah, tag team no, this that's Olivia? great. Yeah, Isaac, please tell me your thoughts on bottoms. So I think of <laughs> bottoms being like all of the absurdest elements of Hot Rod. And I'm okay, I'm kind of yes. explaining it to Walter because I've thought I've been thinking about bottoms all day in like uh, preparation <laughs> for this episode on this Lord's Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> on on the so, Lord's Day. <laughs> so so happy so Sunday, everyone. I think it, yeah, happy Sunday. Um, this I feel like this is like the absurdest elements of Hot Rod turned up to twelve, um, and okay. I can't and I can't say too much about those absurdest elements without just spoiling the movie because I was just crying laughing in my chair, like in, especially in the final act with everything that happens. Um, but this feels like the absurdest elements of Hot Rod fused with the kind of raunchiness and plot of Superbad. It's not there's not a lot of like sex or anything like that. It's just like very vulgar, yeah, um, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but the two lesbians are played, the two untalented gays are called, are uh, played by Ayo, uh, Ayo Edebiri and Rachel Sennett and, uh, your girl, Rachel Sennett, Walter. I, I, I do like, right. She's hilarious. Oh yeah. my God. I've, I haven't seen her act in anything. I've just seen her stand up. Yeah. She's, she's, she's so really good funny. in this. Um, oh my she's goodness. really funny. So, uh, my, the, so the MVP award for this movie goes to, um, Actually, I would say Havana Rose Liu, who is playing like I think mm. one of the most difficult parts of the movie where she's like she's the girl that Io Edebiri like really wants to hook up with, but she has a boyfriend who is played by Jeff, uh, or who is whose name is Jeff, and he's played by uh, Nicholas uh, Galitzin. He's like kind of an up and coming guy. He's he yeah. was in some Netflix stuff. He was um, in Red, White, and Royal Blue, which was on yeah uh prime i think it's based on a book and that was like it was a really popular book anyway 
Miles Fowler, it plays Jeff's teammate. He uh, he and Nicholas Galitzin are like every single person in this movie is so funny. But Havana Rose Leo, there's a scene in the uh, <laughs> there's a scene in where they're at a diner and she tells her, uh, uh, Al Edebiri tells Havana Rose Leo like, hey, uh, your bo- Jeff hooked up with so and so's mom, uh, who's <laughs> played by uh, someone else. And and Havana Rose Leo's like response to that had me i was just crying laughing like it it stuck with me throughout the whole year because she's kind of like supposed to be the blonde cheerleader equivalent Uh of the movie Mm -hmm. but it's just it is it is so it is so funny um also this this was for a while my favorite movie of the year before um before my number one kind of superseded it yep okay also marshawn lynch who is a former running back for the Seattle Seahawks and is like one of the best running backs of all time. He is in this movie and he is just so funny. He, he, he also took on this role. I, I read that he took on the role because his sister had come out as gay and he didn't really know a whole lot. And was, and because I think he's from Compton originally. And so, mm-hmm. um, there was not a whole lot of, um, he was not a, a initially super welcoming of that and of, of his sister coming out. And so after a lot of like educating himself and growing as a person, he and his sister are really close now, but um, he took on this role to, to like normalize this more. And it, I thought that was really sweet, but he's, he's really funny. He feels like, um, I don't even know what is like a comparable comparable character for him in this movie, but he's a teacher, like the like the bad cool teacher, but yeah. he's reading like pornos at his desk. Like that's the yeah. level of absurdity, and he's like cussing. Like he's the PE all the teacher. time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so it's, funny. It's really fun. I didn't know that Marshawn Lynch had an IMDb page, but he does. Yes, and I'm on it. So I have seen him act in something else. I'm a big fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the TV yes. show. And uh-huh. there's an episode where he plays himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can tell that he loves every second of it. So, oh, I, and I don't, yeah. know, I don't know anything about Marshawn Lynch. But from that and then look, you know, hearing y'all talk about his role in this movie. And then also looking at his IMDb, which he was in uh, 80 for Brady. He played yeah. himself. Uh, he was in Murderville, <laughs> played himself. He played somebody named Giggles in Westworld for three episodes, which I haven't seen. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that interesting. That I gotta, I, I gotta go find those him. clips. Yeah. So I think he wants to be an actor now. It yeah. Seems like. And yeah. And it seems, and it feels like he would get good roles. So good, yeah, good for him. Well, and he and when he's in that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, I just remember Rosa's character. Rosa is just like. I love him so much. He he just he <laughs> yeah. always like gets fined for not talking to the media and all this stuff. Like he's yeah, the guy who yeah, yeah. if you've seen the clip um where he's like I'm just here so I don't get fined. That's Marshawn Lynch. And, and yeah. so she's like, "Oh, I love him." And then he like they're interrogating him and he won't shut up and she's like, "You should never <laughs> meet your heroes." So, <laughs> <laughs> so he, anyway, so it's good. It's and and I really think like Bottoms is and it's a teen, it's a teen comedy. Um, the other movie that um, uh, Emma Seligman has done that got a lot of attention was Shiva Baby, uh, mm-hmm. that has very similar chaotic, kinetic, hilarious energy. Um, 
and I just do not think it's gotten enough credit for how, how good it is, how funny it is, how it like really, it kind of like brought to life the teen genre that's kind of mm-hmm. been lost in the Netflix void. Um, and they, they encouraged improvised line readings and just like mm-hmm. playing off of each other. And it's, it is just really, really amazing. Like I, it, yeah, can't, can't. Like I, I want to watch it with you, Walter, and just see what you think about it. You're probably gonna hate it, but uh, that's fine. So. Bottoms? No, <laughs> from everything you said, it seems like I would love it. No, I'm <laughs> just, just joking. assume I hate every movie. Yeah, I mean, so um, yeah, in the in the scene with Marshawn Lynch where he's like, they have that thing where the like these these girls just wanted to they formed this club just to hook up and lose their virginity, and uh, the, in front of the whole school was just so absurd and funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marshawn Lynch is like, man, I really trusted y'all. But he goes on like that, just like, just cooking, delivering one-liners for like oh my five or six minutes straight really while funny. Iowa DeBerry and Rachel Sennett are just like sitting there <laughs> receiving all <laughs> Just of taking it. it. So funny. Yeah. yeah so, it, anyway. It really bottoms. felt like, yeah, this movie was really just, it was hilarious. I don't know if I laughed harder in a theater this year than I did when I watched this movie. And it was yep. funny because I was in this movie theater basically by myself. There was me and one random man, like just a That's few exactly rows how in front my of me. Screening was. Yeah, just like few rows down to the left of me, and I'm cracking up. I do not think this guy finds it nearly as funny as I do, which is fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to ask. They're him making fun about, about it afterwards. They're they're making fun of straight people. They're making fun of gay people. They're making fun of jocks and femininity and mm-hmm. like quarter life crises it's it's just like oh my goodness it is so in football it's so good it's so good it's david so... fincher so yeah bottoms. all right bottoms isaac what is your number six my number six is past lives that is this is... on your top 10 yes it is it's my uh number three let's go let's go let's so, talk about it um this the reason past lives is so um i'm trying to think of the word the reason it hits for me is probably why it hits for everyone is just sort of this universal feeling that everybody has of like losing relationships and thinking Mm -hmm. about what life could have been if you had made a different decision like Mm -hmm. married someone different um that like specifically that's what past lives is about um Greta Lee is the main character and she's married to John Magaro and she kind of left her life behind in South Korea, uh, left a boy there and the boy kind of pursues a reconnection in their adult life. And he comes and stays with her and her husband and they kind of reconnect. And there's, it's just a very bittersweet sort of examination of that, that feeling you have of, man, I'm happy, but like, I can't help but want to know like I'm still curious about what would have happened if I had made that decision um Mm -hmm. it's a universal thing Jess and I both loved it and kind of like everybody like literally everybody has that sort of feeling and that's why it's um I think really resonated with a lot of people it's been very uh it made a lot of money for Neon I believe was the distributor and um yeah it's really really good it's awesome yeah it Greta Lee is she's fantastic in it and and i think also what is so 
what I really appreciate about this movie is it shows me kind of a culture I don't experience a whole lot and see of like um you know her family is from South Korea they moved to New York and it shows a lot of like what it was like for her growing up in South Korea and then moving to New York and and kind of that um duality that I think a lot of people who immigrate to the states experience of like I'm not really that you know Korean or you know insert culture here but I don't feel fully American either and and mm-hmm. that struggle the internal struggle um you know and you see her lose in some ways kind of lose touch with her her culture because she doesn't speak Korean really with anyone but her mom because her mom only speaks Korean and um she ends up marrying you know a white man and like um that you know cultural dynamic and that kind of thing and so so i i and i i really appreciate movies or shows or or books that make me think about that kind of thing um just because i i find it really interesting and i think it's important too and it does i mean i i seriously thought about it for days i think i told isaac that like i texted him like a week and a half later i was like i'm still thinking about this movie i think jess and i even talked about it too just how mm-hmm. much it like stuck with us because there is this I, I think that at any point even when we are in a really good place in our lives there are times where we're like man i wonder what would be different if this happened or if yep. this thing didn't happen right um you know, I think about that sometimes of like, what if my my dad hadn't been transferred to Fort Smith, Arkansas? Like, what what would have happened? And, and I think about that of like, well, I wouldn't have made those friends in high school. I probably wouldn't have gone to UCA. We wouldn't be doing this right now, right? Like, so I think about those mm-hmm. those things a lot. Um, and and you know, for better or for worse. And so it is this really moving. And I think bittersweet is probably the best way to describe it film where you're just like oh this is so good but so sad at the same time and you don't know really what would be the best thing for them to do so so yeah it was great just how complex life is yeah that's that's kind of yeah that's kind of what it comes down to um Mm -hmm. especially like yeah like in that kind of like young adult i think that's why it kind of hit for you me and jess is that it's the young adult sort of phase where you're like Mm -hmm. in your career but then you're like man i'm happy but I don't know. I'm thinking about a lot of other stuff, sure. not not regrets, but just sort of, you know, it's just life that you accumulate. Yeah, it's like you're kind of past the quarter life crisis, but almost not in a way. Yep. You know, it it is. This, I'm like, planning to live to 120, so still coming up on that. So. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're like you're settled in your life, and you're like you, you can accept that and be happy about it for the most part but then there's still part of you that's like i don't know what if so yeah but it, it's so good directed by celine song that's her first movie and she's definitely gonna be uh someone that we pay attention to in the future mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah yeah for sure all right anything else on uh past lives nope do you want to hit okay. your number five six six wasn't that past lives six? six for you uh oh yes but it's your number three okay yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah no 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 you're good you're good okay so my number so we're six going number f- yes your number six is the holdovers <laughs> i think i think someone's delayed here oh no, no I, we're just misunderstanding so yeah yeah no mine is the holdovers uh isaac did you get a chance to see that 
I did. Okay. The Holdovers is my number four. Okay. Okay. Great. I didn't know. I guess I didn't I realize that it was that high on your list. Okay. Yep. It. It was so good. And here's the okay. thing. I don't. I. I just keep putting my hands up because I don't know. What to, I'm like Ricky Bobby. Essentially, is like I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Put them down. Um. Also, I, when I get really excited, I just talk with my hands. So if I were to sit down on my hands, I wouldn't be able to talk. So here we are. Anyway. I'm really sorry I talked about that for so long, but the holdovers, it, I, I don't even know how to start. I just, I loved it so much. It a new about, ho- modern holiday classic. That's what it is. It is a modern holiday classic. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with this movie, it is about a man played by Paul Giamatti, who is a teacher at this like private school, uh, private high school in, what is it? The 60, 60s, 70s? Uh, 70s, I think. 70s. And Paul he, Hunnam. He plays okay, Paul Hunnam. <laughs> Paul Hunnam. Thanks, Walter. What'd you say, Walter? I just said you, you were trying to figure out what if it was the sixties or seventies, and then mm-hmm. I said, I'll look it up, and you said it's the seventies, and I said, Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the seventies. <laughs> <It's the 70s. laughs> I didn't get a chance to look it up. <laughs> um, I'm so good at my job. Anyway, you're doing great. We love you. We love you, Walter. <laughs> Seven seventies. He is a teacher and he ends up having to watch the students over Christmas break that don't have are like aren't able to go home for whatever reason and the it holdovers starts out with as they the call them. holdovers as they called them as they yeah. called them so see where the name comes from anyway and this he ends up only really end up watching one of the kids cuz the rest of the kids go home and the kid is like just a freaking punk as most high school boys are and so he ends up it's like kind of an unlikely friendship that that springs up and they also get really close with one of the kitchen staff members who i think is in charge like she's like kind of the the i think she's like the the main cook yeah school yeah yeah and so um it is one of those unlikely of friendships and I think it, it it really shows you that you can grow to love people despite kind of where you maybe start and and even when they don't make sense to you, uh, if you give people a chance, you will be surprised by how much you can really learn to care for and love someone. Um, it's also another kind of found family and coming of age film, which I guess is a theme of mine my list now that i'm thinking about who, it well who yeah who doesn't who doesn't love a, a yeah. family um well cuz i think i think so often we can all experience disappointment with our families and and i think that hap- this is really evident in this film like they they feel so much disappointment with their own kind of lives in so many different ways and it's not just disappointment it is heartbreak and um grief and and that often leads to loneliness because it sometimes feels easier to not be close to people than uh, than to deal with the heartbreak that comes with being in relationships with people, and you see that with all these all three of these different individuals. Um, and I, it it's yeah, it is a modern holiday classic. It is something I plan to watch every Christmas. Same. Um, I'm going. To, I'm going to get it like yeah. on dvd or uh get a blu-ray and watch with my family every christmas yeah yeah for sure isaac tell me your thoughts on the it. 
this movie uh, i saw this with my mom and we had a we had a wonderful time uh there's another movie on my list that i saw with my mom that i'll describe next um she was just we were laughing we were having a great time dominic sessa plays the boy um whose name is angus tully and this kid walter they found him at the school where they shot they they auditioned like a like like a hundred like hundreds of oh. kids and this kid had never acted before and i would love if i mean the supporting actors race is too crowded for him to uh make it in but this kid is going to be like he's he's so good he's so funny he's like like he makes you tear up at different points What's his name again dominic sessa s-e-s-s-a um this is oh. kind of like um yeah, uh, the the this is one of the funniest scenes of the movie. I think like behind the bow is afraid uh, scene that I described for you guys earlier. This the gymnastics shoulder dislocation scene, <laughs> Olivia. I was dying laughing, and then the scene where he's dry, he's speeding to the hospital. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, uh, Divine Joy Randolph is the is the uh, um, she plays the cook, and she's mm-hmm. she's grieving the loss of her son, and plays a really important part in the movie this movie i think is like i think it's being regarded kind of like as the what if green book was good yeah like that's kind of how i think about about because green book kind of when i came out of green book i was like oh that's really good and then like as i thought about it more i was like no it's kind of problematic like it doesn't (laughs) doesn't work the holdovers is really really awesome um it's alexander payne um he did uh, election and sideways and downsizing in Nebraska and the descendants, the, uh, George Clooney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, really great. Like kind of like, uh, Todd Haynes great at capturing kind of people and relationships and, uh, but just a really sweet movie. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, the holdovers. It's so good. And the divine joy Randolph, she's also in, um, only murders in the building. Uh, which is on Hulu that's got Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short and Selena Gomez in it. She plays the the cop or the detective in it and is just, she's she such a recurring great. character throughout the series? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, I've not seen uh, she, she's like, it's funny because her character in that show is like, she's a detective uh, and she doesn't take any of their nonsense the whole time but she's also like listening to the podcast as it's it's coming out and so it's oh, just kind funny. of a, this yeah. funny like um uh, the, these kind of dynamics that she holds as a character but she's she's great and i i i hope that her career just continues to take off because she's those are really the only two things i've seen her in but she's been wonderful in both of them and so i i hope that that she yeah. also just continues to get recognized for her her work so absolutely um yeah that's all i've got for the holdovers isaac what about you same anything else all right yeah number five for you isaac five i think yeah my number five is mission impossible dead reckoning a movie i got olivia to like against her against her will a franchise that i really got her into against her will so i'm really proud of that we are all shocked by this um i am not a i'm not a fan of tom cruise as a person i want to make that clear not a fan of him as a person he is a very good actor, and he does care a lot about cinema, so I yes, give him that. But anyway. This was the other one I saw with my mom and my brother Jonathan, 
Uh, I saw my number three with my brother Jonathan as well. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, my mom was gasping, giggling, like we were we were like applauding after action sequences. Uh, I think this is one of the better Mission Impossible movies. Um, the there's a Fiat car chase scene where uh, Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell are handcuffed together, mm-hmm. and through a series of like just getting hit and t-boned and like rolling over end up switching spaces it's so clever it's so funny it's very buster keatony um that's tied for my favorite action scene of the year behind uh, or with um the arc de triumph scene uh in john wick chapter four where he is just like they're just going around circles in paris uh mowing down people with machine guns um i loved mission impossible dead reckoning Haley Atwell, I think, could carry the franchise on her shoulders. She has the mm-hmm. charisma and and screen presence. Um, the only other thing I'll say about this movie is that, as I thought about it more, the, there's about fifteen to twenty minutes of the movie. There's a it opens with a submarine sequence, and then there's a scene where Ethan it's set in the desert, and it's the more you think about, it, the more you can see that those sequences sequences can be referenced in the plot and you don't really need to see them. And also it's a really long movie. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. I think it's a really long mission impossible movie. Um, other than that, it is like, it's probably my favorite mission impossible movie. So yeah. What I love, this is the only thing I'll say about mission impossible. What I love about that franchise is they always have some, somebody in a mask and it's always a really good, well, the newer movies. And that's like the first real scene of the movie that like kicks it off. Yeah. Yes. And the whole time I was watching that that movie with my with my friend Scott and Tyler, we were like, "Who, who is this guy? What what is this? Who is this guy?" Uh-huh. And then when he takes off the mask, we're like fist pumping in the theater. We're like, "Let's yeah, go, let's go!" We were so excited about it. So anyway, yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a great movie. It's a lot of fun for sure. All right, yeah. what's your Anything number five, else? Olivia? My number five is Killers of the Flower Moon. So speak on it. I we didn't cover this one, did did we do this one? We did. Okay, yep. sorry. I feel like I'm in a haze, and so I'm still recovering from taking a week off. And I, sh- I should do that more often, but I took me a while to get back into it. Anyway, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm not gonna talk about it any more than what we already have. It. I feel like it's a really well made movie. I think the acting is really great. Um, I. It's flyover. I mean, it, it's in my home yep. state and so um it's pressure I, mm. it's yeah, yeah it's just it's i don't even know what else to say about it um are there any other thoughts from the crowd it's a oh walter you can watch it on apple <laughs> oh. tv on january 12th <laughs> I didn't. cool i'm probably not gonna watch it <laughs> oh, okay um <laughs> Lily Gladstone definitely want yeah. her to win for this. It's an amazing performance. Um, DiCaprio, I just hope he keeps playing scumbags until he sure <laughs> dies. Oh, it was a great <laughs> performance, and I love I love that he's like, nah, like this is kind of what I'm doing, and that he doesn't have the pride of like I gotta be the good guy. Paul Schrader mm-hmm. famously recently said, I can't believe I don't I don't want to watch Leo do stuff like that. I wish I wish he had played the cop. Uh, but guess what? Jesse Plemons played the cop, and he was awesome. So, he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm here to, s- to see about these murders. See what about them? We'll what see- about them? See who's doing them. 
Say who's doing them. (laughs) Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is my number 17. I really, I respect the movie more than I um, love it. But I I mean, it's, it is a phenomenal movie. So good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Number four. My number four is The Holdovers. Um, Oh, yeah. Talked about that. Uh, My number three is The Boy and the Heron. Talk about my number four then. Oh, wait. I'm I'm confused because we've we've shared some at different mm-hmm. rankings. So is it your turn to? Well, you did four. My oh, because because my four yeah, is yeah, Oppenheimer yeah, right. though. What's so your four? My whole four is Oppenheimer. Gotcha. So I don't really have anything else to add to it. Um, I do think that this year for movies as a whole was really cool. I think it was probably one of the better years for movies that we've had in the past maybe ten years. Um, Agreed. Especially since we've started doing this definitely better podcast. than twenty twenty two. Yeah, and so I think the only other thing I'll say about Oppenheimer is that and Barbie were such a cultural phenomenon that I think it really, yeah, it really kicked off. um, I think people pursuing the movie theater again. So, yep, in the same way because I think when we did our top of twenty two, yeah, that was twenty two. Man, time. Yeah. We did our top of 22 people or we, we pointed to Top Gun Maverick yeah. and everything everywhere all at once as the two phenomenons that pe- that young kids would go and see and say, I want to work in movies. I want to like mm-hmm. do technical or cinematography or be a director. Like for, there were a lot of movies like that this year yeah. uh, and Oppenheimer and Barbie were the two definitely at the lead. For sure. So yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. Your number three is Born the Heron. Is that what you said? Yes, it's The Boy and the Heron. It's Hayao Miyazaki's new movie. I saw it last night. Olivia, you and I were texting about it. Um, you saw this. Uh, it's not on your top 10, but this movie really connected to me. Um, this is about a boy whose mother is killed in an air raid in Japan in uh, in, yeah, in Tokyo in, during World War II. He and his father move to the countryside, and he encounters a magical heron that leads him to a castle that with magical properties and it's about it's really about this boy um grappling with death and loss and kind of like a new life moving forward mm-hmm. and it is it's it's really beautiful it's you can kind of see um uh i've seen every single Miyazaki movie except one and i saw new things that he was trying and Miyazaki's in his 80s now mm-hmm. i think his 70s or 80s and it's just amazing that he like he's up there with Ridley Scott and Martin Scorsese just continuing to push the envelope and do new things. And it's it was really amazing from that perspective and kind of like a little bit of a commentary on his own legacy, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. And then just some of the stuff with like I, I really I, I wrote about it and kind of wrote some thoughts down and it made me think about we're going to be coming up in that point in our lives in the next uh, several decades where we'll be losing our parents. We'll be explaining to our kids what death is mm-hmm. and is it's really heavy, but really, really beautiful. And I just like really responded to it. So, and it was a surprising hit. It was, uh, it opened to 13 million. It was number one at the box office. I think like the weekend of the 15th in December. Mm-hmm. So it, people were going to see this movie. Super cool. Super cool. Um, in- incredible English dub cast, including, uh, Robert Pattinson, He's the he's the heron, and you cannot tell it's him. It's I didn't amazing. Know it was and then him. Florence I thought Pugh, it was Willem Dafoe yep. doing that voice at first. Yep, 
Willem Dafoe voices several characters as well. Christian Bale plays the dad, and uh, Florence Pugh plays a young version of a uh, elderly woman who is kind of like watching over uh, mm-hmm. Mahito as he's going throughout this uh, journey. So I saw this with my brother and his girlfriend fell asleep through most of the movie. So yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so that's amazing. that's my number three. Uh, right. uh, what thoughts do you have about it, Olivia? I really or anything it. else you wanted to add? Yeah, no, yeah. I think that it's. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add. I I did enjoy it. I um I don't think I connected to it in the same way you did, but it's a well made film, and um yeah, I think I've heard you say that you're gonna show your kids these movies before you watch Disney movies with them, and I I gonna try yeah yeah I kind of feel the same way of just like I i love disney movies for various reasons but i do think that uh, a lot of those movies have like a lot of um studio ghibli movies have maybe more things to say um yep. that are i think more important uh than some of the messages behind the disney movies but anyway that's yeah that's all i've got on that one so yep. my number three What's your was next? past lives so we've already talked about that um what is your number two my number two is bottoms oh okay my number two then is uh across the spider-verse so spider-verse something i can talk about hey guys it's walter (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm still on this episode (laughs) he's still here (laughs) everybody stop what you're doing catch spider-man let let me me jump in really quick yeah yeah Everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. Okay. So <laughs> Spider-Man. So I rarely see movies twice in theaters. This is one that I did see twice in theaters. I saw it. It came out not long after our baby was born. Uh, hold on. Let me get an exact date on when it came out. Uh, when was your baby born? Wasn't it July? April 25th. Or was it? No, it was June like 25th was, was or something May? like that. No, I think it was May. Because... I think Where does it say on IMDb when it came out? Uh, towards the IMDb sucks. Delete towards it. the bottom. <laughs> okay, I don't see. <laughs> I don't see release Walter. Um, okay, whatever. Hold on. Podcasting God. Okay, it came out. <laughs> we're so good at this. It came out not long after our baby. Basically, like it came out to where like my wife and I couldn't go see it together. Morgan, she really enjoyed uh, Into the Spider Verse. Olivia, because I saw it with 2nd. you, Walter. June second is when it okay. came out. Yes. So I yeah, I off. saw it with Isaac and Will. Who do we saw it with somebody else? It was is you, me, and Will. I think and it was Will, the three of that's us. Right. Yep. It was, and I remember sitting in the theater and just like in that first, uh, which basically we, it could have been a short film on its own. Uh, that whole sequence with uh, Spider Gwen and uh, and her dad, mm-hmm. and like the colors were so crazy and the lighting was crazy, and it was like halfway through that. No, I think it was when he found out that she was spider gwen and they were like like facing off against each other in this like very still quiet moment and the clothes were crazy and the, the lights were crazy and isaac, isaac i just hear isaac whisper i guess to himself or maybe to me too he just goes this is amazing <laughs> i did <laughs> and i was like that my i don't yeah. remember that like, those are my sentiments exactly <laughs> Well, what I remember, Walter, is like, at, so yeah. after that scene, that's like, that first scene is like 25 or 30 minutes. It's like a yeah. very long opening scene, and it's, yeah, it's just not that the, long, but it is, it is its own thing. It, yeah. it feels, it feels like a pretty, like, like, hefty intro. 
I do remember leaning over to you and saying, I cannot believe this is yeah. a real movie. Like, that's how I felt about it. Like, oh, the, 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 I've just never seen, point. yeah, I've never seen anything like this movie. And like the second time that I watched, yeah, I call that, I call that opening scene, like the Guggenheim assemble. Cause it's like happening in the museum, um, with the vulture. And it yeah. made me like, I was watching it on Netflix and Sophie was watching it with me. Cause that was like, whenever it went on Netflix about a month or two ago, mm-hmm. I was watching it. And that mm-hmm. scene made me cry because I was like, this is just so beautiful. Like I like the way just they're as a father. Yeah, well, no, well, not even that scene. It was the scene where Gwen, the helicopter's falling. And Gwen goes into her flow state and she's like, all right, I'm playing drums. I'm like hitting the rhythms. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is just like, oh, I got chills just gosh. thinking about the, it. Like the, the integration yes. with the, the jazz drumming. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Guys. I, it like, yeah. I really, I, I was like, so, I cannot believe I'm like having a reaction to that's <laughs> something like that. Just the pure creation of something like that. Yeah. There's one other scene I want to talk about before we end our episode. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just, I adore this movie. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely, like I started this off by saying like, I don't see movies twice in theaters, but I, Morgan did not get to go see it with me when it first came out because she just, we didn't, she needed to be at home with the baby cause she was still really young. And then uh, after my sister moved to Arkansas, not long after that, it was still in theaters and we just and I was like Morgan, you got to see this movie in theaters. You're not going to enjoy it as much if we just wa- wait for streaming like later. And so we went at it, I think we I think the showing is at like 10 a.m. on a weekday because that was the, that was just when our schedules worked out and uh, and we got we saw it then and it was it was just as good if not better the second time. You just catch things yep. that you didn't catch the first time and um, it was just wow. Just, just a great experience in the theaters, and and I don't. It was very close to a perfect movie experience for me both yep. times. It was also my most popular soundtrack of last. Of honestly, I'm still listening to it a lot, but I think it was the soundtrack I listened mm. to the most last year. So Olivia, yeah, great soundtrack. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much more I have to add to what you guys have both said already. The soundtrack is incredible, both the score and the soundtrack. Uh, I listen to the soundtrack and the score a lot still. Um, in fact, I was listening to the score the other day, which prompted me to add, ask on our Instagram story, like what everyone's favorite mm-hmm. score or composer is. And so that's, that's what prompted that. me to do that. So um, it was, it, it's such a beautiful film. I, I just, I, yeah. and we've talked about this. We talked about this when we talked about it on uh, our episode covering it. I love animation so much. I think it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's it's because I, I... This is one of those things where going back to kind of conversation about past lives, like, if I could go back, I would, I would have, like, gone and taken classes to become a better illustrator and, and actually pursued animation. Because I, I just... I love it so much and I admire it so much. Um, and, and this movie is just so well animated and I'm going to be furious if it doesn't win every award possible for animation um Mm -hmm. i do i think the storyline is really interesting and and seeing the development of miles and and gwen too like i oh man i just love these characters so much and and so 
what was really cool about seeing this movie was I went and saw it with um, my friend Vic and my friend Noelia and and some of Vic's friends. And Vic loves Spider-Man. It's his all-time favorite comic book character. He dressed up as Spider-Man. And so people came up to him and were like, oh, Miles Morales. And so he, like, he had a good time with that. That was, like, really significant yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And um, what was really cool about that experience was we saw it in IMAX and, and the theater was packed, like, it it was it was so cool to see this theater just full of, of all different types of people trying uh or wanting to go see this this animated film about all these different spider people and it, it was just it was just was so fun and so cool and mm-hmm. what a great experience it was and and I saw it I saw it twice in the theater as well um once on like opening night and then once like maybe even not even a week later with my friend Tyler and it was cool watching him watch it but then seeing it the second time through it was like I got to notice all these things I didn't get to see before and there everything about this movie is just it's so everything is so thought out and so particular and and there it's there for a reason and I really really appreciate that um I, I'm I'm excited for the third one. I can't wait to see what they do next with this yeah. storyline because the way it ends, I I knew there was a third one, and so the yep. but the way it ends where it says to be continued, my jaw dropped. I was like, no, how can you end it right there? I know. I was I had the same mm-hmm. reaction, and and, and they got away with well, it. I, I assumed it was gonna be a third. Yeah, one, but I didn't know it was gonna be a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very few yeah. movies like will get, you know there there was no stinger, there was no post credit sequence. It was just like come back in three years or you know at that point it was supposed to come out this year it's definitely not coming out this yeah. year and yeah I, I feel like the writer strike will probably mm-hmm. the writer and actor strike will, have, will have probably even pushed it into late 25 or 26 so yeah. i'm just so. basking in the glow while it's like it's like very warm so mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. um that Olivia, was number one what's your number one my number That's one my is number barbie one. yep barbie is my number one movie of 2023 i think hey barbie Hey Barbie, uh, one of the hey Barbie. one of the reasons is because I think of the the cultural impact this movie had. I think it was what was so interesting was seeing everyone talk about it, even leading up to it. Again, the Barbenheimer and, and just how people embraced it, and, and I, I just love that so much. Um, I, I think it's really cool when when the internet actually wins and is doing something for fun and not just like tearing stuff apart um and so i think that was oh you must not have seen ben shapiro's review of barbie then he's i don't who's sorry we don't we don't who, recognize who ben that? shapiro or the daily wire on this podcast um <laughs> so it's so awful it's so terrible yeah i did i actually did watch some of it i was like i, I think i watched maybe 30 seconds i was like i can't i cannot i cannot that's, that's, about, that's about how much the normal person can make it through something like right. that Honestly, but part. Barbie's hot take, but it's kind of dangerous, like to men. <laughs> I feel like, right? Yeah, um, Barbie <laughs> definitely makes m- makes everyone believe that men are terrible and we don't need men. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, exactly that's why I've community. gathered you guys here today. This is my okay. Point. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Culminating. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think that again we talked about it whenever we covered it but it it's so funny and so heartwarming and moving and you're gonna feel all the feels when you watch it and 
Everyone in the movie is just wonderful. The set design, the costume design is incredible. Uh, it really does submit in my mind. The dancing. Greta. The dancing. Yeah, it's just, it's like outlandish, but it's not. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. so great. And it cements in my mind that Greta Gerwig is um, a phenomenal director. And I will see every single movie she releases from here on out. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, this is, Barbie is also a movie that I... I actually did watch this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it with like five or six other guys. There's no, 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 <laughs> no in our group, uh, and and we had a great time. Yeah. We still very much enjoyed it. A lot of laugh out loud moments, and then we also had some good conversations about you know like the the monologue that America Ferrera gives near oh, the end, man. and kind of some of the other main themes and, and motifs of the movie. And uh, they're definitely if if you're not, um, pardon the language, if you're not an asshole, you will you will get something out of this movie no matter what sexuality or gender uh you uh, um you are you're gonna get something great out of this movie mm-hmm. it 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 really i think it's one it's it's one of the best in our generation so far yeah yeah uh, for sure me and jess regularly say to each other so cool <laughs> like so uh, cool. like ryan gosling's ken does <laughs> um i saw there was an interview recently somewhat recently with noah Baumbach where he someone asked him about like how controversial Barbie was. And he was like, I wrote a bunch of those jokes. I thought guys would find them funny. It was like, he was just kind of like incredulous. Like I thought it was gonna. I thought people would receive it. Well. So uh, these people are going to hate, you know? Yeah. I the mean, three they of received us. it well. So, so yeah, it, I don't know. I just, I loved it so much. And I think that it also had a huge cultural impact in a way that I feel like huge, huge. I think in a way that, that, Huge. We haven't seen in, at least, you know, in this decade. So, um, yep. so it's just, I mean, people cool. dressing up to, yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, Like, especially people dressing up in pink. Yeah. To yeah. People, Barbie, yeah. people went all out to go see it. Um, and that was the case. I saw, again, I saw it twice. That was the case every time I, like both times I went to the theater or, or like anytime I went to the theater while it was still in the movie or at the movie theater. I would see groups of people dressed in like pink and I'm like, Oh yeah, they're going to go see Barbie. And, and Mm -hmm. so it was just, it was, it was really cool. And I loved that. That was a shared moment that we all had. And so Barbie, Barbie took number one for me this year. It goes, same goes for Oppenheimer. Um, great conversation with, um, Killian Murphy and, uh, Margot Robbie on actors on actors. And they're talking about it, and um, I, I can't remember if it was Killian Murphy or Emily Blunt who said, "I knew that this movie was going to be uh, a hit when I they her and John Krasinski. I think it was her and John Krasinski snuck into a screening mm-hmm. of Oppenheimer, and there were people in there dressed up as Oppenheimer, and yeah. she was just like, What? Like this yeah. is a historical biopic. <laughs> like, um, just a great year for movies, and uh, I'm really mm-hmm. glad we got to experience it all together. So, yeah." It was a great year. Looking forward to another great year. Great year. It's gonna Maybe be. I think this will be watch more movies. <laughs> I think it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I didn't. I, I now that I have a baby, I understand how much time that takes. I vastly, vastly overestimated like my ability and just time to get to the movie theater to see stuff. But, um, you know, as she's getting older and we're able to, uh, you know, have my sister to watch her or take turns going to the theater or whatever. I'm looking forward to 
trying to get to the theater more because we had we didn't talk about uh, Wonka at all. I don't think that ranked on anybody's top ten. Did but, you see it, Olivia? Uh, we saw I did. That I did Christmas not see Day it when we were. Yeah, it. it I think we. I, I sent in the group about it because we saw it on Christmas Day. Me mm-hmm. and my wife and my sister because we were in my hometown, so my parents watched uh, the baby while. We went to the movies, and that was just kind of the only thing that was out that we all kind of wanted to watch. But I think Morgan and my sister wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd already had plans to see it at some point, so I kind of just tagged along. And it was a fun, it was a fun time, but I much more enjoyed just being in the theater because mm-hmm. uh, I think the only time I've been in the theater, the most recent time in the theater before that was to see Barbie, which was you know months before. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's fun to just, just the going to the theater is really fun, uh, yeah. even if you don't like love the movie. It's just sure. it's a good experience. Yeah. So. Well, Hope to get in there more this year. Yeah, and Wonka was one of those movies that I it's it, yeah it wasn't in my top ten obviously, but I think it was another like this is fun and whimsical and and like I hope more yeah, movies yeah. like more screenwriters and directors embrace this this type of thing. It, it, so it, it lessened my slight and uh, unfounded distaste in Timothy Chalamet. I've always had like. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never hated him, but I was like, ah, I don't really see what the big deal is. But he was very fun and whimsical. Mm-hmm. He Wonka, was. So I got to give him that. And it, it does make me, and I, I, I do enjoy him in Little Women as well, which is another great film. Uh, I, but it has me want to watch more Timothy Chalamet movies, actually. So You should watch um, The King. I may, I may finally watch Dune. That's Dune Part 2 is coming out. King yeah. and Dune. Guys, I saw the trailer for Dune Part 2 when I saw... Um, Boy in the Heron last night, and I had oh, yeah. chills literally the entire time I was Literal watching that movie. Chills. That uh, that trailer, <laughs> yeah. So um, let's do let's let's sign off. Um, Morgan, Morgan wants to see Dune, so we're we're gonna watch that this year. Cool. Um, Shout out Morgan. Let's sign off with uh, honorable mentions. Um, Olivia, you want to go first? How many honorable mentions are we doing? Just uh, just shout out whatever you think is most important. I was gonna do like three or four. Okay, great. I have I have four. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, I thought it was just, it was a great sign off on that trilogy and those characters. I had Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Loved it. Just didn't make my top 10. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. It, it definitely is following in the steps of the Spider-Verse movies. I really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of attachment to those characters, but it was a lot of fun for me. And then because of who I am as a person, the Arrow's Tour. Hey, so, no shame. I had no shame. a blast watching it. Cinema. So we may get a movie from Taylor Swift this year or next year. So that will be something so. we talk about. Yeah. What what kind of movie? She uh I think it's like a drama do you know anything yeah. about Olivia? I think it's like a she has a deal with actually, Walter, you could look this up. Um it's like a deal with Paramount or I think so. She's like signed Sony some sort of deal or, where she's gonna yeah. direct a movie. So yeah. we'll see. Or, we'll see or what at least one. If I Google Taylor Swift movie, it's just going to pull up the Eras tour. Uh, That's do true. Distribution deal or studio so. deal or something. Um, while you're doing that, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also one of mine. Uh, Maestro was just outside my top 10 and John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, absolutely love both those movies. John Wick Chapter 4, a little bit too long. I think it had a little bit of the same problem as... Um, Mission Possible Dead Reckoning. Maestro had my favorite scene of the year when he's performing the Mahler in the cathedral. I had kind of a similar reaction to the Guggenheim assemble that I described with Spider-Man. Just 
just evoked a holy cow like response from me um and also the meme alert uh with maestro is uh i was really sick when we watched maestro and i actually kind of talked to like him when uh uh yeah I, did you see maestro olivia uh, no he kind of talks like this like it sounds yeah. like he has kind of a stuffy nose but he's just very articulate and he's like but there's a scene where there's a stoofy snoopy stuffed animal like in the hallway and he's just kind of walking through the house and he's about to go have this like uh movie movie centric uh scene where he argues with carrie mulligan his uh, who plays his wife and he says who abandoned snoopy in the vestibule <laughs> it's just a really funny line reading that's probably my funny line reading <laughs> of the year the renaissance film by beyonce was incredible uh barbie obviously um number 18 for me my favorite horror movie this year was evil dead rise so nasty and yeah and uh Poor things, not quite what I expected, but I enjoyed it. Priscilla and um, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, really enjoyed that one. So I would oh, say those. And Asteroid yeah. City, can't I got oh, yeah. I got a shout out Asteroid City. Asteroid uh, Jason City. Schwartzman was the most watched actor of the year, uh, next to Margot Robbie, and I think it was because of Asteroid City and mm-hmm. um, Battle of Songbirds and Snakes and uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Yeah. So those are my yeah. honorable mentions. All right, we did it. We did it. Okay, I feel like we did really well, even though we're um, a little over an hour. Um, we, Like we said at the top, we have a lot of really fun things coming next week. We are going to talk about the new Mean Girls musical. Mm, mm, yes, mm, I'm going to go mm, see it. I'm going to try to get mm, Walter to go with me. And so we're going to talk about True Detective Night Ooh. Country in the 2024 2024 Golden Globes, which I believe are tonight. So, talk about those um, results. So, any final words? Final thoughts? Buckle up for 2024. Big Papa's Walter's name. I'm I'm excited for this year. For (laughs) (laughs) IRL. I am excited for to try to see movies (laughs) this year, like I said, and to Dive right in with us. With that dive right in, good. But I said it. So, all right, let's dive right in to the Spider Verse. Deal. All right, we will talk to y'all later. Goodbye.